The world of story has captivated humanity since the dawn of time. The oldest known form of communication, verbal storytelling is responsible for the continuity and development of civilization from its most primitive moments to its most advanced. Story involves a sense of mystical wonder, but is also a powerful medium for communicating real and concrete ideas that shape people's lives and make them take action. Steve Schramm, marketer, nonfiction writer, and story nerd, and Alex Jagir, fiction writer, wannabe game designer, and story nerd, join forces as worlds collide to discuss how story is the most powerful concept ever known and how it interacts with each and every aspect of our lives, from the most magical to the most mundane. Well, hey there, and welcome into another episode of the Story World Podcast. Steve Schramm here. Your boy Al, what's up, man? Uh, you know, just living the life over here, Steve. I like the the getup that you have, the 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 blue yeah. the contrast from your typical black. Yeah. Wait, what blue? What black? I'm so confused. Your your uh, your shirt you're wearing. At least it's blue to me. Oh, this it's gray. It's Ooh, it's gray. Okay, I got some some weird stuff going on then with the color on my screen. Yeah, either that or you're colorblind and you just found out. Don't you usually see like a lack of color? Don't you? I, I don't think color. No, it's no, it's uh, different colors. Yeah, uh, you see different colors. Like you know. might be like, yeah, see green instead of red or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, gray yeah, is just so, an off black, so I guess that counts. Sure, right? So, um, this I have no idea what this podcast is called. I barely know what it's about. Uh, so I think we're just going to call it Alex. Um, yes. I don't know. Uh, but but no, I so I here's what I, I wanted to do. I wanted to talk about um, your fiction writing and your your you you are a, uh, a fantasy writer and you have started a YouTube channel and you're doing a bunch of cool stuff with that. And I don't know. I just kind of thought we would like take a deep dive into the world and mind of Alex and what you got going on and what your plans are and um, you know, yeah, what you're doing. Yeah, we'll see where where this goes. I have been known by many as a fantasy writer. Um, I can, I it's you, and then there's me, and then there's uh, all the characters <laughs> that I invent in my little mind. So, uh, there's, yes, there's, there's quite a group of us. <laughs> you are very popular in your world. Yes, yes, I am. Uh, but no, so things are going good. I, I have to say, I owe a lot of gratitude to you, Steve, for helping me kind of huh. um, get the website going on, um, helping me kind of understand how to put myself out there but uh yes uh yeah and i mean you can ask any questions that you want but i know that the, the big thing at the moment is just kind of releasing a lot of new uh youtube videos for my podcast um if anyone's mm. interested in me we can link it in the uh description here but it's j alex uh, jagir and uh and you can find me on there but i have about seven videos so far and uh making about four or five each week so definitely very active with it yeah, that like I'm really impressed at the uh, at the level of output. I mean, you're doing like shorts and long form. Um, and we did build you a slamming website. I mean, I'm yeah, just gonna put is, that out there. It it's pretty. It's pretty slick. It's it pretty is slick. really good. The letter Looks J AlexGear.com. Go ahead to it. It's really nice. Yeah, go to it. And it, man, that sucker updates with all your latest content and everything, like automatically, like with the wave of a wand. It's just really good. So, um, yeah. I, so you have started. Uh, so, so take us back a little bit, right? So you are, uh, you're, you've always been interested in fantasy, obviously like Lord of the Rings is like, was a big thing for you. Thomas Covenant series was a big thing for you. Um, 
you are you are writing fantasy. So I mean, is that your your goal to like full time be a fantasy writer one day? I mean, are you the next Brandon Sanderson himself? And you're you're just like right here. Um, I, I am. I already am the next Brandon Sanderson. Just no one knows it yet, Steve. So that's guaranteed. Okay, cool. Yeah, now, Good. You know what? It's um. I don't have any. So I. So some people go into things with goals. Like I will be the best person at this, or I will make it to the very top. I don't have any grand or lofty goals like that. Um. I guess you could say my goal is lofty. I'd like to at some point in the in the future be able to live off of my writing. Um. I yeah. would rather have it be sooner than later, but even if it's 20 years down the road and I can maybe retire a little early than have retirement income coming through and keep writing, that would make me just as happy as well. Um, I would like to have that happen within the next 10 years or so. And I think it's possible um, with my business plan of uh, the scheduling of releasing my books, plus with consistently uploading podcasts. So if you think about it, if I do, let's say five YouTube videos a week over, um, over 40 weeks, let's say I get sick, you're on vacation, blah, 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 throughout the year. That's 200 videos a year plus 200 shorts to go along with it. As long as it's quality stuff, talking about my writing, um, keeping it good, and then also releasing books throughout that timeline. Uh, within 10 years, a lot of things can happen. So that's kind of the uh, the long-term yeah. focus. Yeah, and that, that it's that commitment too, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's like the commitment is almost half the battle of, of mm -hmm. just saying, and some people will be like, well, I'm going to try to do this for six months. And then it's like, okay, well, what, what do you plan to, <laughs> what do you plan for that six months to accomplish? And then you <laughs> right. some people who are like, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. And like, you just know that they're being so unrealistic about it, especially mm -hmm. if you have some, some knowledge of the inner workings of what goes into some of this stuff. It's like, yeah, you're probably going to drop off after three weeks. Like there's literally a term that was invented when new podcasters start. It's called pod fade. Because there's mm. such statistics around a new podcast getting started. And guess what the magic number is? Seven. Uh, most new podcasts don't make it beyond seven episodes. And that's called pod fading. It's like a thing, right? Mm. And so I love that. But I love that you've got this 10-year goal. That 10-year goal says, okay, 10 years is a long time. I grant that. But this is the thing that I really want to do for the rest of my life. And yep. there's no way with a consistent effort and a commitment to quality that in 10 years, th this is not going to go anywhere. That seems almost impossible. Like that seems yep. less likely than it happening. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And you and I talk about that a lot. And I, I'm glad you brought it up for other people to hear too, because you it is true that you make your own luck when it comes to consistency and quality. And I think in a way, consistency is more beneficial than quality as long as your quality meets a minimum standard of quality. Um, mm -hmm. Someone who is the best writer in the world, but that doesn't either doesn't put his writing out or doesn't try very hard. Um, you may never hear about um, your entire life, but someone who is an okay writer, hey, I'm okay being an okay writer if I can keep getting people interested in yeah. me and just enjoying what I have to put out. I am definitely okay mm -hmm. selling to be that okay writer um, yeah. if that's what it takes. Yeah, and writing, I mean, this is true with a lot of things, but like I feel like some things aren't as like public as writing is. And so mm. with writing especially, the the doing of the thing is what makes you better at it. And you, <laughs> yeah. you do have to put it out. And that's, again, that's true with, 
you know, that's just that's just plain old mastery, right? That's not necessarily yeah. unique to writing. But with writing, what's usually pretty interesting about it is is a lot of people end up seeing that journey, especially where we are now. Now, that maybe wasn't always the case because you couldn't get things published. And so lots of old school writers sort of have their manuscripts, you know, tucked away in old drawers or whatever. That's not really the case now. Um, in today's world, you the, the term in software is you build in public. And so you write in public. Uh, for a lot of this stuff. And so, you know, people will see you become more okay over time and eventually yeah. see you get really, really good. And there's going to be a lot of people who buy into you and buy into the journey early on that'll be with you for years to come. And I think that's exciting. That's really cool, you know? There's a lot of good points you just brought up there. Uh, one of them, the most recent one that popped in my mind is is having a base of people. Um, I, again, it's, it's not a... So Brandon Sanderson and his Kickstarter had what, like 180,000 people support him. And I think that now that he's super popular, he sells like a half a million books within, I don't know if it's the first year of a new release. It's some, some obscene number, like just a crazy amount. Um, and a lot of people think, okay, I used to be someone like this. I would look at different royalty numbers when I wasn't, when I was going to go through Amazon publishing and all this, I was like, man, I need like 50,000 people to buy my book, like every single year when it comes out, when, yeah. when I start applying different, so I'm going to be selling my books through my own website. I'm going to be doing pretty much everything myself. And then when you look at how often you can write a book, um, the number of drill is down to I'm now somewhere between 5,000 and 7,500 people that I need to build a base of over the next yeah. 10 years to reach my goal. Right. That's, and that's, that's like, all I need. That's not bad at all. That's, like and that's nothing. Right. And another thing that you said now that's easier. That is easier said than done. There are a lot of people that write books out there, but that's why you try to arm up and give yourself the most ammunition, whether you're someone like Steven and you try with five podcasts while also running like five businesses on the side, or you just mean you stick with it. You stick with one podcast. It, think how many, uh, again, it, it's just narrowing, narrowing down the chances of success by doing what other people are not doing. So how many people that write a book are writing at least a quality book that you can read and say, this is not bad. Mm -hmm. Okay. So maybe half, let's just say it's half. Then you keep doing that more. How many of these people have a YouTube channel and consistently make good videos and interact with their audience that probably dwindles down very significantly. Yeah. Yeah. Really cuts oh, yeah. it down. How many people are writing consistently? So someone might write a book and then two years later, write another, maybe unrelated book and just there are, are scattering. So yeah, when you dwindle it down, you become that, if you will, top 1% of people in your category, that are trying to be successful by doing all the right things. So just a yeah. few good points there that you brought up. Yeah, no, that that's huge. And as you were t saying that, it sort of occurred to me that, like, I think one of the reasons why today's landscape is so cool for so many people. Think about a publisher, right? A publisher has a lot of work to do. A publisher gets a lot of things submitted to them mm. by a lot of good people. And they have to take bets, ultimately, mm. yeah. on what on the author, right? That they think is going to be the next big thing. And they're, that's essentially what they're doing is they're taking a bet. They are taking a risk. Um, but what YouTube makes possible specifically, and 
other ever, other avenues as well, but YouTube does a darn good job of it, is putting you directly in touch with the voracious uh, fan base of the type of writing that you do. Let's just face it. There are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people who just voraciously consume all of the epic fantasy that they can get their hands on. And so what's happening is they are actively looking to find whoever the next Brandon Sanderson is, et cetera. And they don't care where they come from because they're, they're willing to give anybody a chance. They just want to be a consumer of it. Now they'll be able to tell pretty quickly if they're that into it. Um, like how good it is. And so it is important that you be good and that you have quality, but the chances of you being able to spread the word of mouth and build up your own base through channels like YouTube is just a much, uh, a much more sure bet than relying on even traditional publishing. And when you couple that with what you're talking about, like if they're, if you're building up the fan base on YouTube, then they only find out about you through that channel. And so they're going to go wherever you tell them to go to buy their thing. And there are a very, like, there's a couple people who would like only ever buy, like strictly speaking, buy from Amazon so they could read on their Kindle or whatever. But most people I think would be just fine, especially if you give them the same abilities, but you just give them the Mobi file or the, um, uh, or the EPUB file now, and they can still download it on their Kindle. And it's the same experience. It literally uploads to all their devices and everything. So you can give people the same exact experience of them being able to read wherever they want to on their Kindle or ship them the physical book. They can get the same experience, possibly even better because you can do some unique stuff with the packaging and like really cool stuff. And yet that's coming all into your pocket and then you just have to cover some of those printing costs, but it's nowhere near as much as you would have to pay Amazon and royalties, even on their most, you know, forgiving plans. So it's pretty crazy stuff now. Yeah. And and the way that that's kind of the way I looked at it. Yes, you do have kind of mid-tier writers who are successful to publishers, but really to be as super successful, you have to be at the very top through publishing just because Mm -hmm. after all the royalties and everything, um, you have to have a lot of people buy your books to to make it. Um, and so that kind of quickly led me to wanting to self-publish. And then I thought, well, if I'm doing all the heavy labor, why would I still give so much royalties to Amazon when right. they're not doing a darn thing for me except for putting me on their platform like they do with literally anyone who wants to put anything on there? And that's where, yeah, taking matters into, into your own hand. You said a few other things there that brought up some stuff I kind of... Um, forget what they were, but you brought up some, just some really good points though. Mm. One of the things I think that's cool about what you're doing, I know we're talking a lot about this, but I think it's important is um, you're showing up on YouTube. The same thing that you said about the way that you think about the writing seems to also be how you're approaching YouTube. And I'm interested in this because it's actually the way that I'm approaching YouTube as well. In fact, I literally wrote a post, um, today let's see was it today was it was it an email that i wrote uh today no yeah it was today the title of my email to my email list today was why i purposefully make boring in quotes youtube videos and what you can learn from it and um well i'll just read how i started it out in a world where every video has 730 jump cuts my videos are primarily talking head the microphone even covers my face a little bit which apparently annoys some people most video professionals would have a heyday critiquing my channel at least i have a halfway decent background but that's about it thing is it's not an accident i do this on purpose Mm -hmm. and 
that's true. Uh, I, I do. And the two reasons that I gave were one otherworldliness and two preference. Um, so what do I mean by those? Well, otherworldliness means being different than everybody else, right? Sticking out. And ironically, even though the thing to do to, you know, because we supposedly live in a world where, you know, you got like a 20 second or less attention span. I, I think I most recently heard it was like nine seconds or something Christ. insane like that, Same. you know, just absolutely nuts. Yeah. Right. Well, well, in, in in some cases, it's like if everyone is zigging, you should zag. And everybody now has 730 jump cuts in their video. And it's it's literally hard to watch in some cases. And I agree. so yep. I yeah, so I'm making videos that are different because just literally because it's different. Um, and what's interesting about that is I get people all the time who comment on my stuff and say, Hey, you are like really like you're you're the most off like what did somebody say? The the way the way that they put it was you are the most authentic person in this space. And I'm like, okay, I don't know if that's true, but like I try to be authentic. Don't get me wrong. I try to be real. I try to be genuine. But I can't help but think that half the reason that they said that is because my videos are not overproduced. They're just like me talking and being real and like having a conversation, right? And then the other reason was just preference. Frankly, I don't want to get good enough at video editing to do all the fancy fancy mm. stuff that other people do. I just don't want to do it. And so I know that if I force myself to do that, I'm not going to do it. And I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I don't know what your reasoning is or how you do it. But your videos are... if. if quote unquote boring quote unquote boring mm -hmm. if you would look to some of the other ones uh that are around but you the way you even started your channel with the first video on there was like look i'm not a youtuber and i don't want to be a youtuber i'm a writer and like i'm sharing my journey and i hope you come along with me that's different than being a, a yeah. youtuber strictly speaking yeah th that's why that's the first thing i was going to bring up is yeah the very first episode and i i literally just said i'm i'm not a youtuber so don't get the wrong impression of me. I'm a writer and that's what this channel is for. So I'm going to say I'm going to have filler words throughout there. I'm not going to have it. Not only just the constant, uh, what, what do you call it? The jumping or the cutting? It's called a, ju a jump cut. Yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. not just the jump cuts, but the zooming in, the zooming out. And then the, and, oh, and the it, it drives me bonkers. It. So no, so I, like there's not going to be any flashing things. But again, that goes to I want to attract the people that are going to support me. Like, I don't care about attracting yeah. a thousand views the second I upload a video, if it means that right. no one's going to buy that book, it just catches their eye. Like, for instance, right. I only have, I, I just started, I only have 11 subscribers. And um, one of them, uh, one of my new subscribers the other day already put a comment out, like kind of adding to the video I did. He said, cause I'm going through the Dune series yeah. and he said, Hey, here's a video that breaks down how to actually like pronounce the words. Um, I think would be super helpful and Legit. just getting that engagement just from a few people. Like that's what I'm looking for. So the, uh, so the, the thing, you're a nobody on the internet, whatever, like a week yeah. ago, and now you've got 11 people following your stuff. Yeah. That's the power, man. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so now I will say this, um, but I have good reason for it. I have, I, have jump cuts in my video but it's literally because i am such a writer by nature that's how i get my thoughts out so when i'm in front of the camera i can't talk for two or three minutes straight without having to pause 
and think about my next thought. <laughs> so right. my jump cuts yeah. are necessary unless you want to stare at me thinking for 20 seconds at a time. <laughs> no, totally. And that, and that, that's what I say. Like, it's, it's sort of like that minimum, like you talked about sort of like this minimum threshold of quality. Well, again, that's true in the writing, but that's also true in the, in the promotion, right? Like, yeah. like this right here that you see, right? Again, I have a pretty decent video background. It's not the best. I don't use the nicest camera. It's an iPhone uh, 13 camera. And this right here, if you were seeing it, is 1080p, but it takes 4k video. And so on the 4k, when I upload that um, to my channels, mm -hmm. it looks pretty good. And so it's like, a, it's a, it's, I, it gets a bare minimum, right. Of, of what, like, I think if you don't at least have a somewhat organized, you know, nice looking background, it's really hard to do. And if you don't have a quality camera and quality mic, yeah. it's hard to do, but you're doing the same thing, you know, a nice background, quality mic, real good quality camera, your uploads all look great. And so if you at least have that, like you can start putting your ideas out there and start getting subscribers totally. right away. You know, you just, it's you really a cool time. You just meet those bare minimum criteria. And again, it's the work itself isn't hard. It's the time and consistency. So like making yeah. just like four or five YouTube videos a week, mine aren't super long. They're between 10 and 20 minutes. Probably the average is about is about 15. And the recording doesn't take much longer than that with pauses. Um, but it's a lot. You have to make a thumbnail for each of them. You have to think about a pretty good description. I need to work better on that. Some tags to do. So there's a lot that goes into it. But that's yeah. that's what separates you from someone else who's not doing that or doing it poorly. Yeah, exactly right. And the better you get at that, the better results you start to see, right? That's the thing. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, so you are – so right now on the channel, you started out by sort of covering – well, you, you started with a few videos just talking about – like your general philosophies on, on writing and some of like how you form ideas and stuff. And that was cool. And now you've started doing your series on uh, Dune. And so tell me yeah. how that's going. I'm really excited about that. One of the Dune videos actually has quite a bit of views and, and watch time for as early as my channel is. Um, I like it because I'm actually going through Dune just for like myself and taking my time as a study. And I think it's gone really well i don't know if you've watched any of those but i'll let other people be the judge um it's it's helped me i think promote my writing in the way where i'll express my own thoughts and maybe disagree with the way that herbert might have done something and it gives me an opportunity to say hey like frank herbert did it this way here's how i would do it in my books and it just gives people a good perspective on not just having someone to read Dune with through, or if they've read it before, just listening to the analysis. But the main goal is to sell my product in the end and to get people to like me as a writer. Yeah. And I, I'm hoping I'm accomplishing that while doing it. Well, yeah. And it's just such an interesting thing that again, you're again, you've been very clear about you're not reviewing the book. You're not a yeah. YouTube channel that reviews right. books. You're a writer. You're giving your take on his writing and how you would have approached the same writing a little differently. And that's like that's like juicy like that's behind the scenes backstage pass just like the stuff that people love right it's getting yeah. a, how do, it's almost like how the sausage is made but like you're doing it in the context of uh already important work that other people have done and so it's like like if you were just talking about your ideas right now that it probably wouldn't go very far because it'd be really hard for people yeah. to find you but exactly. using do as a way to sort of like you know think through that and then once you move on to whatever the next thing is great idea 
Yeah, I, I and again, it's kind of taken out of yours and, and our playbook together. Our most uh, popular video on this channel is the Michael Heiser video. Um, yeah. And we didn't intend on it blowing up kind of the way that I say blowing up. It's our most viewed one. Um, but just because of the popularity of Michael Heiser and everything, it kind of got popular. So, yeah, when I put that hashtag on my video, hashtag Dune, I'm not doing it in a way just to get views. I like Dune and it's an interesting case study. And I think I'm making quality content, but yeah, um, being able to tap into that vein and give my own thoughts on it is an excellent way starting out to get people attracted to my channel. 100%. Well, yeah, right. Cause it's, it's your, you're doing what the old school copywriter, Robert Collier used to say, um, you're entering the conversation that's already in their mind. And that's what you have yeah. to do yeah. with, 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 with marketing. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you have to place what you want to do as the cargo being carried along by the vehicle of what somebody else wants to have. Mm. Right. And so the, like the Heiser example, you know, spoiler alert, we are planning to probably around the first of the year, make a little bit of a shift in our content strategy, a little bit more in that direction, actually probably quite a bit more in that direction, yep. to be fair, talking about, um, you know, if you're into biblical, ancient, Near Eastern, you know, divine council worldview stuff, we're going to start talking about that a little bit more because and it's going to be fun. Uh, it's going to be amazing. Well, you know, at this point, our Heiser video has 3,500 views yeah. and our next most viewed video has like 112. <laughs> so, uh, it's, it's pretty clear, right? Like what, yeah. you know, what kind of what people want. And the thing is, is so much of the other stuff that we want to talk about and like to talk about we can still talk about in the context of, of, yep. of using that conversation that other people are already having. And so that's what smart marketers and smart business people and, you know, learn how to do is tap into the conversation people are already having. And you're just in the perfect position to do that with Dune and with a lot of these other epic fantasy books that you could be going through, but not just like reviewing the book. That's kind of boring, right? Like there's a yeah. space for that, but like you're giving your take as a writer. And so I thought cool. about I thought about doing reviewing too, and a, a long time ago reviewing like video games because it's just fun. It's fun to put a number on something, and of we course, have our yeah. meter meter. It's such a fun thing to do. But yeah, what was once something that everyone loved to do and look for? And I know that people still go look for reviews to get takes on it. It's become yeah, kind of bland. Like it, yeah, almost like what's the point in the end? So it's like it's like not very useful. It's for not. most things. Yeah, right? absolutely. And so it's rather, like yeah, this was a great book. Like, okay, thanks. I know, you know, but like, but like, cause how do you review? Sorry. Like, like, no, you're good. Go presumably, for it. Presumably somebody's reviewing a book. Like somebody's going to look at a, a review of a book, not after the book, but before the book. But if you look at it before the book, you have to stay away from spoilers. So how yeah. do you like really give your take on the content of the book when you're trying to avoid spoilers versus what you're doing is probably something that again, somebody's going to do like as you're reading along or you need to be putting it into a playlist. If you're not already, by the way, you need to start that right away. It is. Start it adding is it. Okay, good. Yeah. Right. So start, so you add it to the Dune playlist and then when people start their right, their read along, they can go find that playlist and, and have it there and then just walk with you yeah. as they're reading and you're not worried about spoilers or whatever. It's more of an experience that you're doing together, right? It's way different. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And think about, again, I'm focusing that certain audience. I want an audience who who loves reading and who loves books. I don't want someone who wants a, uh, not saying I don't want everyone, but like I, I'm not targeting someone who wants a 
quick number. Okay, it's an eight. It's probably good. Let me read it. Or, oh, that reviewer's crap. I want someone who enjoys the appreciation of a book. And those are the people that I want to form my base. And those are the people that hopefully I'll attract. So yeah, anything, any type of video yeah. you do or a blog that you make or email that you send out is meant to kind of represent you and represent the people who you want to, yeah, buy your product or support you. Yeah. Yeah. One thing so, too that uh, I'm, I'm going to yeah, do go is, um, uh, I just thought of this today and it's something so simple, but it just hit me is once I come out with my, my first book and then subsequent books, I'm actually going to do the same thing, not a reaction analysis because it's my book, but I'm going to go chapter by chapter and I'm just going to basically like, uh, when you watch a movie and they have the uh, director's, you know, commentary on it, I'm basically going to do that and just go through each Love chapter that. and say, Hey, here's why I did this with this character. Um, and I just think that would be a really cool exploratory way to, to just even share more of why I wrote what I did. So th I'm really excited about that. Oh, that's going to be really cool. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm already looking forward to it. So, all right. So to the extent we can, and we can be very vague, but let's, yeah. let's, let's plant a little bit of a time capsule. Right. So I'm imagining oh boy. right now we have, we have maybe, we have maybe three people who actually listen to this podcast, me, you, and one of our moms, one, one of, <laughs> one our of moms, maybe, probably. maybe the wives, maybe. <laughs> and so obviously we're not giving anything away, but like, I, and I don't even know how, how best to ask this question, but like, yep. man, 10 years from now, like, how cool is it? Somebody goes and they find this video where like the, the ultra famous, like respected and revered J Alex Jagir has like talked about the launch of his writer's journey on the story world podcast. And it's like, Oh man, how cool to go back and see it all. And so what I'm going to try to, I'm going to ask two versions of this and then hopefully yeah. from this, you can sort of, you know, gain something. The one version of the question would be, what do you hope, like to have accomplished in that next 10 years, you know, in this upcoming 10 years and like what, you know, what are you most excited about in the writing and like how, you know, yeah. like, you know, that kind of thing. But then the other thing is like, you know, what, what's it about? Like, like, like the, the, your first story, the first things you're writing, like, is there, is there any kind of genre, any kind of like any sort of like juicy little details that you can go into, uh, even at a, even at a, like a, a broad level, just to kind of get us excited about what, what's to come. Yeah, man. I wish I had a quick synopsis to whip out and, uh, just kind of give you to the first book, but I'll answer your first question, uh, first to the, uh, six fans that I have 10 years from now who are going to be looking back at this video. This is, this is, for you. This is for you. I hope you're more than six after 10 years. <laughs> if not, I'm doing something wrong. Um, so in there's, there's, it's a twofold goal. There's the business financial aspect in the end. Yeah. I, I really want to make money from this. I want to be able to work from home, write in my books, um, you know, just have that lifestyle and, and be a writer. Um, so that's kind of the goal for there. Um, but then there's the, the actual writing goal. If in 10 years it's not successful, I'm still going to keep writing because mm. I know like people say, there's just one person. I know in 10 years, if it's not going to be what I need to work from home, there's going to be at least a few hundred people out there that are enjoying my writing and want to discuss with it and have the same feeling uh, that I got when I read like Lord of the Rings and other fantasies. And um, mm. I guess going to your next question. Yeah. Um, I can't give too much information on the specific book. I, I want to have a needy, neat and tidy synopsis when I deliver it, but 
it is an epic fantasy book that basically revolves around three uh, protagonists um, that find themselves caught up in a whirlwind uh, of a storm when they have a unknown enemy attacking uh, their land that's been protected for several years. And um, they don't know who the enemy is. It could be an internal force. It could be an external um, and they just kind of get sucked up into it. So it's a, Interesting. Uh, it's weird. When I think of epic fantasy, I think of these big, like 10 book long, like epics. This is a standalone sure, yeah. novel that relates to my other books. So it's going to pack a punch that it's a, uh, has a lot of uh, cool. moves quite quickly. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it to, to come out, man. That well, that's just super cool. I'm uh, I'm ultra pumped and like the secrecy. I feel like I'm guarding national secrets. It's like well, so cool. Steve, you get to be one of the special people. I get to read probably the uh, the second draft of the book. So I'm so excited. One yes, of uh, I maybe like this wait. many people that'll that'll do right. it. So. It's very exciting. It's uh it's very exciting, exciting times. Well, this has been great. So Alex, plug your stuff again one more time. What's the YouTube channel? What's the what's the website? Um, and so that we can just follow along with your journey. Yeah, and we'll put the links in the description. But the uh the YouTube channel is just uh, J um period Alex Jagir, G I G U E R E. And the website's yep. the same, the letter J Alex G I G U E R E dot com. And again, if you have the website praise d for it um great amazing job i am super thrilled on it um but yeah uh, and you can so you can find me on youtube there we'll put the link in the description and uh i would def i'm definitely looking for more subscribers at this stage in the game being so early yeah it's funny how uh just this early i have i actually think it's a kind of vigorous goal even though it seems so small i want a new subscriber every day until the end of the year um and then after that, I'll have yeah. you know, maybe 50 videos up, 40 to 50. And then after that, you know, I don't know what my goal will be next step. But by the end of the year, I want around 50 or 60 subscribers. So that's kind of my short-term short term goal for building up my uh, my base. Well, you're certainly doing great so far. And I mean, I think it Thank could you. even, it, it could, it could, it could surpass that. I and mean, it could even, I could have, you're putting out videos. Yeah. I mean, 40 videos by then, if I keep, you know, building up the quality, all it takes is one or two or three to yeah. kind of take off. And then, so it could jump up from there, but I think one a day is a pretty good goal to have. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. So should we do some stories of the week? Yeah. Well, let's get people excited for next week. Cause next week I'm going to flip this oh, off yes. you and ask you some questions on some stuff. So uh, if oh. you're interested about Steve Schramm's life and his uh, 20 businesses, and I'm sure he probably has 20 <laughs> kids by now too. If you're interested in, in his life, we're, uh, we're going to be going through. We're gonna be going I'm not through even that. interested in it. So I don't know how <laughs> anyone else could be. This is, this is, uh, I told Alex that this is not a good idea, but you know, if you're, if, if you're looking for punishment, tune in next week. I'll, I'll make it exciting. We'll be good. <laughs> uh, story of the week. Uh, I did a lot of talking this episode. It's kind of been about me a little bit. So why don't you take it away? Then I'll finish up. Yeah, sure. So, um, I, you know, I keep a little file of stories of the week to go back to, and this is one that I stumbled upon a while ago. Um, and, uh, but it's actually been really, really helpful in my presentations in the way that I talk and in the way that I, uh, speak. So the short version, if that's possible, um, there's a girl, uh, she's an actress. Her name is McCall Jones, M C C A L L, uh, Jones, J O N E S. And, she teaches on this concept called charisma hacking, and it's really cool. And if I were to just kind of put it in really simple terms, you know, most people act one way in real life, 
But then the second they try to get on video or mm. in front of people to speak or whatever, they become a different person entirely. And what they do is they become who they think they want to be or who they think other people want them to be. And they and they and they flop because they're not being genuine and people can tell. Mm. And so what this girl does is she basically she basically took her knowledge from what she learned about how to be certain ways, you know, and be herself and everything in acting classes and in her acting career and is trying to help entrepreneurs and people who like really want to try to get on video and stuff and, and come across as authentic, understand sort of how they should show up, like, like how they become authentic. And so mm. she's got sort of this whole system and this whole grid for things that I find really uh, really fascinating and and there's even like you know sort of like pitfalls like if you're if you're one certain way but then like you act another certain way she's she like shows how the audience would perceive you as being disingenuous or dis disingenuous or or not genuine um on that particular point and it's all very very fascinating stuff so uh like for me um i am what in her framework would be called uh, the three things that i have are light fix and in and impress light fix and impress what does that mean uh so light means trust the process so instead of so there's so there's like three ways to think about that right there are people who get up and they say trust me i'm the guru i'm the expert do what i say and leaning on your own authority and then there's people who are like trust the process this will work. This has worked for other people before. This will work for you too. This is the process. You got to walk through it. And then there's people who are like, you can do it. You just got to believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. You've got everything you already need within you. You see what I'm saying? There's like three different things. And some people are very naturally drawn to one of those three. And that's how they come across as genuine. So, but like you might think that somebody wants you to say something different. And so you act different. So for me, again, it's trust the process that when I'm, when I'm showing up, well, I'm saying trust the process. Um, the third one or the second thing is fix. So, um, and there's again, there's like such a rabbit hole here that you can go down with all this stuff, but um, fix basically means that you're diving into the context of a situation. You're not necessarily diving into like somebody's emotional state or like coming alongside them and saying, Hey, it's going to be okay. Like whatever. It's like, no, how do we fix this problem? Here's the context of the problem. Let's fix it. Um, and then the third one is impress. So um, what that basically means is that I decide what's important. So there's different things like, you know, you, 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 um, you could just, you could like try to get people excited or um, you could decide what's important or you could, um, um, there's like a negative of that too, where like other, like you help other people decide what they think is important. I don't know. It's kind of crazy, but that's not what I am. I'm, I, I, if I just get really hyped up and like, I start talking really fast, and I get really excited about something. Like there are mm -hmm. some people that that's their natural way of doing it, but that's not me. What I do is I slow down. I emphasize, I say, you need to listen to this. This is really important. Right. And so just, just sort of having that. And it's really easy. Just light fix and press light fix and press. I just know what that is. And so I sort of just like, think about that now every time before I'm getting ready to go like to, to speak or stand up at church or whatever. And like any of that sort of doubt or like anxiety, mm -hmm. which I don't really have that much anyway. Just, I heard a quote one time that was something like, um, 
especially it was specifically in the context of preaching. I don't know that I totally agree with it, but I heard it and I was like, it's actually kind of interesting. And the quote was like, if you're nervous about getting up to preach and you're thinking too much about yourself, that's probably true. Right. Um, but in some cases, but not in all cases. And so for me, any like anxiety or whatever that does go away, uh, or, or that is there goes away immediately when I just remember light, fix and press, because mm. I like, I know that's how I show up. And as long as I show up thinking about the context of what's happening, telling people to trust the process that I'm giving them and then um, highlighting what's important. As long as I'm doing those things, I know that I'm showing up in the way that people expect me to and it's most genuine. So that was really long-winded, but it's a super fascinating thing. So if you are trying to like do stuff on camera or speak in, in public or like even be on a podcast or something and you're concerned that people aren't sure about how you should come across or whatever, um, yeah, this is like a really, really helpful little framework. And I learned everything that I know about it just from watching a few YouTube videos. So. Interesting. This is a compliment to you, Steve. I think you have more acronyms in you and um, in uh, processes and step-by-step uh, -step things than any person that I know. I've Anytime there's something that comes lists. up, Steve says, there's a five-point thing and it's this, this, this. Oh, this man. <laughs> yeah, I love it. No, um, I love it. I love the idea of frameworks because that helps me yeah. remember where I'm at and, and, you know, helps me do things. So um, another thing, too, you're just saying how people like behave differently in front of a camera or when other people are watching. Have you ever... I always think it's funny. I get the seriousness of it, but that some people, when they pray, their whole demeanor changes. Have you ever noticed people that do oh, that? Yes. And there's oh, one yes. person I'm, I'm super close to, so I won't call him out by name, but it just like every time I think that's not you. <laughs> and right? maybe I, I might go right? to, the, I think I go the opposite extreme there. If I'm like praying in front of a group, I just like, I'm really just casual and yeah, maybe I, I feel yeah. like maybe i should be a little more serious but i don't know like i just i just pray how i talk but anyway i just didn't know if you would run into yeah that as well oh my gosh yes it's insanity i actually yeah like somebody just posted something about that the other day and i was like yes that's so true it's like this and, is the most frustrating thing and there is a difference between some people get serious that's fine but other people just like get really this is it and just it's just totally yeah. different compared to what you used to. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, before we move on, I, yeah. I, so I, <clears throat> I looked up because I, I, I do have a full a document here that I, you know, when I was taking notes on when I was watching these different things. And <clears throat> I, I did just think it was maybe important to point out the different pieces of this. So I, like I said, I was light, fix, um, impress. Mm -hmm. So the light is, uh, it's about authority. So how yeah. to get people to move to action, right? So uh, again, how does somebody perceive you as an authority? Uh, so that would be the trust the process. Then the second one is compassion. So it's about trust, how to get somebody to trust you. And so that's where the fix comes in. Um, you know, people trust me when I dive into the situation and start talking about the context, not the other ones, which are like, like feelings or, you know, mirroring somebody else. Um, yeah. And then the third one was how to get somebody to pay attention to you or entertainment, right? So some people amaze by deciding what's exciting. Some people charm by deciding like where the spotlight goes. And then some people impress by deciding what's important. And so that's, that's where, that's kind of where I'm at. So it's about authority, compassion, and entertainment. So that's yeah, cool. kind of fascinating. Yeah. Awesome stuff, Steve. Uh, well, my story of the week um, is, uh, I, is a little bit more about me. So I ran my first ever marathon last week and i finished it so, so exciting yay yeah, hey, man, you're not good. dead that's a good first step you know yeah 
Yeah, I'm not. I didn't die. My toes. A lack of death. Yeah, I had a lack <sighs> of death through that marathon. Yeah. Um, so I trained without going into all the specifics about like the current status I'm in and and everything like that. I'm I still have quite a bit of weight to lose to get to optimum running weight. This is my first series going through it, so the miles I ran each week weren't too high because I didn't want to overdo it and get injured. So at definitely the lowest point, I will be physically ready for a marathon. I, I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. I actually ran the first 16 miles doing an eight minute, 45 minute pace, which was what my goal was. But then when I hit 16 miles, my body just ran out of energy again for all the things I just listed, just my body wasn't yeah. ready for it. So for the last 10 miles, it was pretty grueling, just shuffling along walking and it was pretty rough, but I finished it. And uh, so I'm, I'm happy I got through it. Hey man, man. Yeah, yeah, it's legit. Actually, I I used I didn't show any pictures or anything, but I used your uh, black toe story as a as fodder for an email. Oh, did you? I did. did you really? I did. <laughs> I did. It was legit. I you'll get a kick out of this. I let's see. Yep, I titled the email "Marathon Clients Who Give You a Black Toe." <laughs> and and uh, yeah. I, I told the story about your run and everything, and I was like, you know, then that got me to kind of thinking about how, you know, because I, I told you about That's these funny. emails that I've been yeah, sending, yeah. you know, how I've yeah. just been using stories and just finding stuff. That's great. And I said, I said, you know, I got to thinking, you know, there's these marathon clients who <laughs> sometimes they, they give you a black toe. It's like at first it's going really, really well. The numbers all are lining up. You're hitting the stride. Everything's good. And then boom, the switch, you know, kind of flips and they like suddenly like uh, projects starts dragging on. They creep the scope and then you like dread getting their emails and they give you a black toe. So you made it fantastic. into one of my emails. That made Isn't my that day. Awesome? That, was, that was great. And good news, <laughs> the toenail is still on the toe. Um, that's great. I did. Um, if you get queasy, you can get off now. I did. Uh, I soaked it in some of, um, like Brooks foot bath thing. Um, my wife's foot yeah. bath and it did, it did a world of good, but then it was softened. So I was like, okay, I can get some of this, like the ingrow nail out. I can start clipping it yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit And it. And I noticed it started to kind of seep a little bit. And I was like, okay, so it's little blood or whatever. And then for whatever reason, I like pressed down on my nail and, blood just like squirted at the end of my toenail Whoa. and just shot into the air i said oh that's not good so i wrapped it up and apparently underneath the nail was a blister that formed somehow like a like a bubble lid. wow and so so it's still on the mend but it feels a lot better wow that's that's so, crazy i don't so. want to talk about it anymore yeah we won't we won't anyway <laughs> thank you steve for listening through to that <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Well, um, thank you all for joining us on another episode of the Story World podcast. And uh, that's really exciting. I can't wait for next week. And I can't wait to kind of shift our focus a little bit and see what the new year brings in terms of the direction of the podcast. It should be fun. Yeah, Maybe that should start season three. I think it probably will. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to our three hour discussion next week about you, Steve. That'll be uh, oh. a joy. <laughs> no uh, i will do my best you have to rein me in yes okay sounds good all right steve all right guys. always a the world of story has captivated humanity since the dawn of time the oldest known form of communication verbal storytelling is responsible for the continuity and development of civilization from its most primitive moments to its most advanced story involves a sense of mystical wonder but is also a powerful medium for communicating real and concrete ideas that shape people's lives 
and make them take action. Steve Schramm, marketer, nonfiction writer, and story nerd, and Alex Jagir, fiction writer, wannabe game designer, and story nerd, join forces as worlds collide to discuss how story is the most powerful concept ever known and how it interacts with each and every aspect of our lives, from the most magical to the most mundane. Pleasure. Yep. Everybody share the podcast, like, uh, like it on YouTube, hide your kids, hide your wife, and we'll see you next time.